Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in a new era of uncertainty and stakeholder capitalism. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright. With a career-long experience of navigating complex risk and security issues, he talks with business leaders and experts about their challenges and experiences in becoming more responsible businesses towards an outcome that is better for all stakeholders, better for long-term shareholder value, and better for society as a whole. Peter Borgdorf is a seasoned all-round executive who is widely recognized as an authority on pensions. He was the director for 13 years of the second largest pension fund in the Netherlands. On January the 1st, 2021, he retired from Sorg and Velzijn. Peter has spent most of his career in the world of social partners, where he is seen as highly influential. He's the first and still the only executive in the pension sector who started a blog titled Borgblog, a great way to stay in touch with the participants. Over to Rob and Peter to discuss the world of pensions. Fabulous, Rodney. Thank you very much. Welcome back, listeners. Warm welcome to you, Peter. Thank you for joining us today. Well, listen to Rodney, you know, it shows that you have a very experienced career behind you, representing the rights of employees, organizations, and now millions of pension fund holders. I'm sure that must carry a great sense of social responsibility in, in, in what you do. In fact, I've heard you describe yourself as a Polder boy. Now, that's a uniquely Dutch term, uh, but especially for all our non-Dutch listeners out there, explain this description and why the concept behind it is so important to your work. Uh, let's try to explain what a polder boy is, a, a boy from the polder. And the polder is a typical Dutch uh, kind of land. It's lower than sea level and the dikes should keep it dry. And people have to work together to keep the dikes uh, strong enough to keep out the water uh, abroad. Uh, so uh, the cooperation of the inhabitants in the polder made the strength of the dikes and makes uh, makes the, uh, the, the 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 way of living possible. And when I call myself a polder boy, it's because we have to work together also in the pension business. Employers' organizations, together with the unions, have to combine their strengths and come to a good agreement about pensions and to uh, to to. St- to, to keep the pension uh, promise as it, as, it, as it was meant. So I think the, the most important role I have, I've had all my life is the cooperation between the employers and the, and the workers, the employees. And just because of this combination, it was possible to have a very strong pension system in the Netherlands. Have, have a good uh, cooperation without conflicts. We have l- less strikes in the Netherlands because the cooperation between both parties. And I'm part of this world. Well, that's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's this almost a unique history to the Netherlands, of course, battling against the elements and the sea, rising water levels for many years. Uh, and of course, it's only through this sense of community partnership, looking after each other, everyone pulling in the same direction that has... The Netherlands as a land, I suppose, you know, been able to grow and prosper in the way that it has. So, you know, you say you have fewer strikes than other countries. This this idea, I suppose, that you're putting consensus, the need to achieve consensus over conflict. I suppose it takes a longer time sometimes to reach to that 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 point, but it's still a successful a successful social model, I suppose. 
I think it works and it and it proves in the in the in the decades behind. But to be honest, yes, it takes some sometimes more time to get consensus. Because when you have a conflict, then there are two parties against each other, and then so somebody won wins and the other will lose. But we will still believe in win-win. When there is consensus at the end, both parties are satisfied. Perhaps, perhaps not totally for 100% satisfied, but together you are satisfied. And then you are able to have uh, the next meeting again a day later without problems, because you both knew we needed each other. You do wonder, don't you see the, the deep polarization now in, in the political lives of so many countries that we see and, and the conflict becoming more the norm. But but what you're describing is something that, that sounds at least more promising. What what do you think is is the key to reaching that consensus, to getting that bond between different parties together? What, what holds that together? Uh, I think there are several... Uh, issues. First, when you both win in a situation, you 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 will be more friendly to the, to each other because you know we want to achieve a better result together. And that's the second, you have a better result. Because always in a win-lose situation, there are always when you are a loser, you don't want to uh, you are not enthusiastic about the result. And when you are a winner, you're totally happy with the results but at the end there is no common result and I think common result will help better. And when you talk about pensions and that's my uh, kind of thing is that we together we uh, create a pension fund. The employers bring money in, the employees bring bring their money in, we uh, do the asset management and at the end we pay three times as what they have paid. So when you pay in a euro you get three euro. And in this corporation, I think there are only winners. And there is, uh, without a profit, uh, the, the only profit we make is for the, for, the, for the participants in the scheme. And there are no share, uh, shareholders which take a part of the money. Now, everything is for everybody. So I think solidarity is, is the main um, driver in our system. And solidarity is also about the risk you have in life. Nobody knows how long he will live. Uh, how healthy he will be, uh, what what will what will it means for his family, and we share all these risks together, and that this is what we call solidarity, and that's possible because the cooperation of employees and employees. But it's be, it presumably listening to you, Peter, is also built on foundations of trust that you you, you trust other people um, to play by the rules and and to work alongside you in trying to reach a fair outcome. Yeah, and I think that's the main. That, that's very important. That there is trust be, between partners, but there also must be uh, trust between the participants in the pension scheme and the, uh, and the pension scheme itself. And on this issue, we have a discussion in the Netherlands. At this moment, because we can't pay the indexation because of the regulation, the elderly uh, have, are worried about their pensions. And on the, on, on the same moment, the youngers are uh, not satisfied because they have to pay them too much, as they think. So at the end, nobody is satisfied, and the pension fund has to deal with this distrust in the in society. But the trust between employers and employees is not a, a really a, a question at this moment. Happily not. No, well, that's good to hear. Now, it's interesting, you know, as Rodney says in the introduction, here you are, responsible for a company that has 
hundreds of billions of euros and uh, assets under under management um, that makes you a very important financial investor but you're also serving in doing that the interests of people a lot of people millions of people so are you, are you a money man peter or are you a people man who, who what drives your your work in this area to be honest i don't know how much a billion is and i'm i'm sure not that i know what 230 billion is i'm i'm i can't imagine how much money that is and 2.9 million people it's impossible for me to have coffee with everybody during the rest of my life i won't live long enough so that the these figures are not important for me but what we achieve for the participants in our scheme is an average pension of 8,200 euro a year. And that's an amount of money that I can imagine what it is and what it means. And then I know I have to take care for this money because of the workers in our sector, people working in the hospitals, in the house care, in the youth care, in the disabled care, but also in the museums and in unions, in the churches. And it, it is every individual which, uh, which is important for me and not the big figures because it, it, I can't imagine what it means, these big figures. No, I suppose that's a very good way of looking at it, I suppose, that, that in the end you are responsible for giving these people their financial security and maybe a better life. Or to use the words I think that your company have, have used, you know, to contribute to a more livable world. But I like the sound of that because I'm wondering... A more livable world, that's the strategy maybe that, that you take. Uh, and how does that translate into the shaping maybe of your asset management strategies? We believe that it's possible with our money to contribute to a livable world and a livable life for our participants. And that means that we have some focus points in our asset management. For example, we don't want to invest in the tobacco industry because we don't think it contributes to a healthy uh, life. We don't uh, invest in controversial weapons. And, and then we talk about nuclear, bi biological and chemical weapons. We don't want to invest anymore in uh, coal, uh, in tear sand, because we think that's bad for uh, the environment. We have a focus point that 50% of the carbon footprint in our portfolio should, should be cut in. We want to have less than 50% of our footprint than we had in 2013. And today I can say we have reached that objective. And now the next objective will, be, will introduce and we want to cut more uh, carbon uh, footprint. So what we do, and we want to invest in, in better uh, healthcare, we want to invest in a good food supply in good water supply because all these issues helps the world to create to create a livable world what i say is mostly this is that we don't want our participants to live with protection for breathing they must breathe in an open air so we need a clean open air and that's what we try to do and we do more but I think that these are the examples I want to tell you. And, and are you seeing, um, you know, far and wide, um, anyway, a change in, in the business community? What you're talking about, I suppose, is you're trying to prioritise a better focus around the sustainability agenda, the ESG goals of the United Nations and so on. I mean, are we going in the right direction, do you think? Yeah, and we're going too slow. 
but everybody can contribute. And what we see is that we started our uh, sustainable asset management in 2007 with focus points, uh, and that were the first steps. And now we see the uh, the other asset managements changing. We see the companies changing. I think it's more important that Unilever, that Shell, that all the big companies change their policy, then we will change our policy. But together we can ch- achieve a better world. And what I think is that our contribution wasn't, wasn't key, but it helps. And the contribution of the companies isn't key, but it helps. So we have, and it's, it's, it's the same polder again. Everybody has to contribute, and then we will have a livable world. But you say you contribute, you make a small difference. I do wonder, because institutional investors like you, you carry quite a big influence. You, you, you're, you're responsible for investing a lot of money. And, and I'm hearing from other business leaders that I've been speaking to during this podcast series that... Maybe for the first time, we're starting to hear, every company starting to hear more serious questions coming from the institutional investors about ESG and the sustainability agenda. So um, maybe you're being, um, maybe you're underplaying the influence that, that, that you have in the end. I, I think it's probably more than you think. Probably. Um, and then I'm, I'm uh, of course, uh, proud that we, uh, uh, we contribute, but... For example, we were one of the founders of PRI, the Principle of Responsible Investors, part of the UN. And that's because we believed that it could contribute. But now PRI is a very big organization with a lot of uh, uh, affiliated, and, and, and it should be. And are we the, 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 the organization who changed the world? Now we can contribute. And of course, I know with 230 billion, we, we have our influence. But still, on the global scale, we are one of them. We don't rule the world. But do you see across your industry the, of uh, the community of the big institutional investors and the many pension funds, is it, is it a common trend, the approach that you're taking, putting a much more emphasis on, I suppose, being more responsible around um, where you will invest? Is, is, that, a, is that part of a, of, of a trend right across also your many peers? Yeah, I think so. In the Netherlands, uh, especially in this so. Uh, also, when I see the, the, the Scandinavian countries, they are also uh, busy with uh, sustainability. A part of the uh, pension funds in the USA, like Calpers, is also an example. But I also see a lot of pension funds now, at the end of the row. Uh, and they have to uh, to do more to 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 become become equal with us. But it's not so interesting who is first and who is second. At the end, the participants in pension scheme ask for a livable world, and not everybody will do so, and, and it won't be a very loud uh, uh, sh- sharing uh, issue. But at the uh, I I still believe that especially the younger people ask for a livable world because they understand that when we don't contribute to a livable world, they will have to bear the consequences. I'm too old to bear the the real consequences, but my children and my grandchildren will bear the consequences. And I think everybody uh, picks up this idea, and it takes time, and it takes more time than sometimes we want, and that's the way we have to live in. It's I, I can live with it as long as I'm sure for myself that, that fund, the fund I work for contributes to a world where I want to have my children and grandchildren live in. 
Well, what about this? That's, I can understand that as a long-term vision, and it's very clear, Peter. What about much more short-term challenges we've had this year with the pandemic? How, how is that? Are you seeing that influence uh, your asset management strategy, or at least the, the the sort of conditions around that? Through what sort of lens are you seeing the the pandemic effect on our on our world? On the short term, I don't see a big effect in our assets. Um, of course, there is a, a, a big change, but we are not a big investor in restaurants and we are a big investor in tech. And tech did it very quite well this year, to, to, to be honest. Uh, what I see is uh, that our way of living is different. We work at home. We don't travel as much as we did. Uh, also, the business trips to, uh, to the United States, to the United Kingdom, but also the rest of the world are skipped. And we are now, all are now uh, meet, have meetings uh, uh, by, uh, by Teams and Zoom, and etc. Um, but will it stay for the long term? Sometimes I hope that we'll skip a lot of travel and that we will use what we have done the last month uh, also in the future. But will we do it? I don't know. Because I see other uh, uh, signals uh, when there's so- something possible, everybody will do it. So again, I don't know what it will, what it will mean. At the end, what I see for a pension funds is interesting is what is happening in the asset uh, industry. And I don't see very big consequences till now. What does it mean for the way of living? And I see consequences, but I'm not so sure it will last on the long term. And what I, what, what I see in the, the number of mortality at this moment, it's not so important that it change our environment. We have more mortality than we have other years, but when I see the consequences for the longevity in our pension fund, it's hardly to recognize uh, consequences. That's a really interesting perspective because so many people I speak to, and maybe what what you you see as the sort of default position taking in the media, for example, is that the pandemic, you know, has had this seismic impact in the short term on changing everything. But, But of course, what are you seeing are the undercurrents in, in one particular area that, that, that are taking slow, slower to change. So I suppose it, it takes a while for the changes maybe to filter through. Perhaps, perhaps, but on, on, the, on the short term, and that was uh, in the first months of COVID, and now we see it again, is the working load in the hospitals for the people we work for. They have, they have the consequences on the short term, but that, that means that they have to work longer, they have to work harder. In the healthcare sector and in the cultural sector, uh, where we also work, there is no work at all. And there, the people have no income. So these are the consequences on the short term. But on the long term for a pension fund, perhaps there should be more to, to really see other figures, other per- perspective. Well, I think that's a, that's a good way to end. And, and right to the end, Peter, you, you, you talk about the impact on people. Uh, once yeah. again, illustrating um, the principles of, of, of a good old-fashioned polder boy from the Netherlands. So thank you for, for being our guest today, uh, Peter, and for bringing to life the current focus of your industry. So interesting. The world of pension funds doesn't occupy the most headline-grabbing corner of the business community, maybe. But in serving the interests of millions of people whose livelihood depends on those funds, and in managing the assets of hundreds of billions of euros on the financial markets, Their responsibility runs high and influence deep. So it really matters how these and other institutional investors go about their business in deciding how and where to invest. 
And we've heard today from one of the leaders in this industry how the cause of being more responsible in business is becoming an increasingly important driver in shaping today's asset management strategies. Sustainability-friendly companies and policies are now a must for most of those investors. That shift in investment focus carries a lot of zeros in hard cash behind it, and it's already cutting into how the wider business community looks ahead to further change towards a more purpose-led agenda. For pension funds, however, as Peter makes very clear today, this is not about zeros of hard cash, but about people, their security in today's world and future in a better one. There's perhaps no better description of the merits of responsible business. Thanks for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll tune in to our next episode. Review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl.